Welcome to the All or Nothing Podcast, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm the host, Rodrigo Ballone. Now, every day there are people coming out with different apps, but most are just different versions of the same thing. But our next guest is a little bit different. She has designed an app that recommends the best food and drink options for a night out. But what's different is that it's based on the user's personal interests. Let's welcome the founder and CEO of Choose, Irini Slossler. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Irani, you started your career in investment management, and most people just don't fall into that field. It's very competitive. You have to be on your A-game just to get into that world. But you got a job right out of school with a pretty big regional bank. What do you remember about that first day or first month working in capital markets? And what was your mentality going in? Um, so I, I was actually in so it was an investment banking division. Um, and actually, that's, it's, <laughs> unfortunately, it's a little bit, it's even more competitive. Um, and so I was in the M&A team in industrials. Uh, I think, you know, when I joined it, the reason that I joined it was because I, I loved M&A in the sense that, like, with mergers and acquisitions, you pretty much learn everything about a company's strategy, operations, where they're going financially, um, and you're really just an advisor in, over the long term with specific companies. Um, and what it gives a really good opportunity for anal- at the analyst level is to not only you know get exposure to those executives, but also to start being able to produce extremely high quality work in a very short amount of time. So I think the biggest thing was just, you know, capitalizing on how to be very accurate, um, how to create solutions where it might not be a conventional way to solve a problem, but you need to solve it very quickly. Uh, I think those were the key things that I initially got out of it. Not definitely, especially as a leader um, and and as you're leading a team, you definitely need those traits or at least experience um, going through those different things. But mm-hmm. what was it about evaluating other companies that kept you excited about going into work the next day? Um, you know, so valuation is not just like a financial, you know, one type model. You're really getting down into the the growth drivers of the company. So, you know, more of my career has been defined at where I was an M&A at Morgan Stanley specifically because that was at KeyBank. Um, that was my first internship. So I did my first internship. It was... A, to be honest, like it was kind of kind of a blur in hindsight because after that I was two years in in M and A at a much much larger bank. Um, but I think overall, what keeps you really going in the next day is just the in the beginning. It's really the interest in learning all these drivers of what you know keeps companies growing, keeps them moving, how business is done, what contracts need to be put in place, um, what opportunities there are for businesses to expand both organically and through acquisitions. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the, the content of the job is just really what excited me over the long run. It was really just the opportunity to continue to grow within the bank and get exposure. Um, but I think, you know, it's pretty common for M&A, especially at the junior level. It's, it's kind of just a stamp of, you know, kind of going through your military duty of just getting those two, two or three years done. And then a lot of, most people go on to do different things. Well, as an analyst in emerges and acquisitions, you're constantly evaluating other companies and thousands of new companies open every day. So what, mm-hmm. are some of the, some, what are some of the key factors that you look at 
to qualify a company as a good candidate to invest in or buy? Well, see, the other thing is we're, we're in mergers and acquisitions. We're not necessarily doing like investment decisions because that's that would be investment management. Um, so what we were doing was once a company is already a candidate for either you know to be acquired or to merge with another company or maybe it's a strategic partnership through a joint venture. Um, these are also, especially from the banking perspective, they're mostly companies that you know the bank has been working with over many many years so they're usually quite stable um, it's not we don't usually look at just brand new companies overnight unless it's unless you're looking at of course like some industries like the tech industry where it is new companies popping up overnight um, and I did I did have the opportunity to work on a few tech deals but just for example like my big one of my favorite deal actually probably definitely my favorite deal that I worked on at Morgan Stanley was the merger between Netta Porter and Ukes um, and that's like a tech e-commerce, it was a $1 billion merger, um, we ended up increasing the valuation to 2.4 mm. and that was just, that was our job. So we really had to figure out why the company was worth more and argue for that on behalf of the, the founders. What I like about your career so far is that you could tell that you started on a fast track, but somewhere along the way you decided to switch lanes and go from investment management to a software company or a SaaS company. How did mm -hmm. the idea come about for your app choose and what were some of the opportunities you saw early on? Um, so I firstly like, I think M&A is kind of misunderstood so because investment management is very finance focused but I was in investment banking which is different and so that means that basically we're kind of set up to do anything and everything for clients um, so it's not necessarily a career that always directs people into finance so for example out of my analyst class Normally, in in prior years, for probably the last decade, most analysts would go into private equity after bank after investment banking. Um, everyone in my class went and just did different things, from startups to actually three people from my team went into startups as well. So it was kind of just a natural step. Um, it really had to do with the fact that I was already getting exposure to tech deals, so I had done the deal with um, Supercell being sold to SoftBank. Um, I'd helped out with that. So Supercell had done like Clash of Clans, a few other games, um, and then the Netto Porter Ukes deal. So I already was getting exposed to you know software industry because within investment banking, you can work on either you know oil and gas, healthcare, consumer, food and drink. I was also working on food and drink, and so the combination of food and drink and then tech kind of led me to my next step to just actually make the jump into the industry. Um, what specifically led to the was that I had a very difficult time determining with friends when I did have free time where to actually go or where to meet. So really the whole thing was just to answer the question, where should we go? Um, and what we wanted, what we found was that they been pretty much dominated by the Yelps and Foursquares of the world for over a decade. And it, actually when you speak to people, they weren't really satisfied with that. Um, and so what we wanted to build was basically like a Pandora Music or Spotify, let's say weekly playlist, but for food, drink, and lifestyle spot discovery. So just finding where to go um, and making sure that it was a very adaptive to users' tastes, preferences, and habits. Now, there's quite a few apps out there. Um, you mentioned a few that help people find entertainment. But what I like about mm -hmm. what your company is doing is that you understand that personalization, or in other words, having a unique solution that's tailored to my likes or dislikes is key. Mm -hmm. 
tell us yep. how does choose help the user find the best food or drink options based on someone's personal interest well firstly so it starts off being curated um, and that's the first differentiator with other companies is that most other companies start out completely algorithmically and they're basically just sourcing content from Yelp and Google um, but they'll have you know if there's 20,000 restaurants in New York City they will have all 20,000 on there what we do is we already have a set of curators internally and rather than users having to sift through and understand what reviews and ratings mean and whether they're authentic or whether they're paid for or sponsored we just have curators that actually just either add the spot or add the spot so we have about 15 20 curators in each city and they're generally industry experts so for example we had you know a Japanese sushi chef um, curate all of our sushi options. We had one of our New York curators was a guest judge on Chopped and he's a food critic. Um, so having these experts actually curate the spots is the initial spot portfolio. And then the way it adapts is that we are you know understanding your behavior within the app over time. So if we see that generally you're going to let's say cocktail bars on Wednesdays after work around like 5 or 6 p.m. That's that's a preference that we're tracking. Or let's say there are habits that you don't even know that you have, whether it's like craving tacos, you know, second Tuesday of the month or something. That mm -hmm. it's just generally their patterns that are picked up over time because you they, they just result in what you're eating and what you're drinking and who you're seeing. Um, so we're really able to to track you know what you're doing within the app and then adapt that to you over time. No, that's pretty cool. You're you know you're taking a person's habits keeping that information and using it to enhance, um, you know, the, the, the user's experience the next time around. Yeah, exactly. So rather than, like, your data resulting in you seeing a ton of ads, like a lot of other, you know, technology companies do, we actually use it to adapt the experience for the user. Great idea. A, a common hurdle that we all face in the digital world is having mm -hmm. someone come back to your platform more than once. What advice mm -hmm. would you give someone who has an app and is looking to create a long-term user instead of someone who just visits the app one time? Um, you know, I think probably over the past, like, 10 years, even a lot of VCs will say just, you know, test and tweak, test and tweak, throw it out to the market. But that's not – I really disagree with that because I think if you just throw it out to the market and the mass – user base and just try and get users as quickly as possible, you end up burning the, those users very quickly because what you start off with is nothing like what you're going to end with. So actually, I, I think the best advice is just to take your time, do very small focus groups, and make sure that the app is built by your ideal target market in the, in the sense that the design, the user interface, everything is exactly how the users would like to use it. Um, and that was kind of our advantage going into it. We won Appy Awards alongside, we were finalists alongside Coca-Cola. And, you know, they have billions of dollars of funding. We don't. So I think our design was pretty much what has engaged our users over time. And we, we had great engagement rates. So I think our biggest challenge was actually just getting the word out for user acquisition. And that's, a lot of apps will struggle with that. That's actually the initial hurdle. Um, but what a lot of people fail with is that let's say they figure out a way to get a ton of users, they afterwards cannot keep them on the app. And actually, our engagement rates have been quite high, so we, we've been pretty happy with that. Sounds pretty cool. What I like about the makeup of SaaS companies right now is that overall, I feel like they're more in tune with what the company and their customers 
need and want. For example, as a SaaS company, you're constantly fixing bugs on the app to make sure that you're not you know, weak in any areas. But at the same time, you're constantly preparing for new updates to make sure the app is getting better and stronger. In your experience, what advice would you give someone about adapting to an environment that's constantly changing? Um, I mean, I think just have your developers on your on their toes and ready to adapt. On, I, I think the best way to do it is just you know weekly, biweekly updates and just keeping keeping on tweaking and tweaking and tweaking to ever refine it and perfect it. Um, I think that's really the only way to kind of just keep up with what your users want and just have like a long term plan, but at the same time like split that long term plan into you know weekly goals that the developers can work on from a tech perspective. Well, as the creator and the CEO of Choose, you have a team of people that help you create the best strategy and execute different mm -hmm. ideas, but it takes time for some things to develop and see results. What could you tell mm -hmm. our listeners about sticking to their guns and trusting their own path to success? Um, I would say never really trust your own path. I, would, <laughs> I think that feedback is the best way to go. Um, because a lot of times, if you think about it, like my team, we're all working with each other, so we're all in the same mental process every day. And if something's wrong, it's like we're missing the elephant in the room. So you definitely, definitely, definitely need to like get as much feedback as possible from external sources, and not just trust in what your perspective is, because your perspective is usually wrong. Mm. A lot of good information. <laughs> Irani, that was a great that was a great interview. You gave our listeners a lot of good information that they could definitely use. Is there anything else you want to tell our audience before you go? Um, I think that's it. I mean, I get probably the most common question I get, specifically from undergrad students um, or you know young professionals, is if I should do if I should make the jump and do a startup. I think it's a difficult question. It's not an easy path. Um, I think the answer is just if no one on earth could convince you not to do a startup not to do this idea, then, then you should do it. <laughs> All right. Good advice. I want to thank Arani Slossler, the founder of Choose, for being on our show. And for our listeners, you can download the Choose app now. Choose is spelled C-H-U-Z. For more interviews like this, follow the All or Nothing podcast on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. That's a wrap for this week's episode of All or Nothing where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm the host, Rodrigo Ballone.